Hey everyone, this is Joel. And I'm Kyron. And uh, we are here at episode 100, and uh, you're probably wondering why we're doing a little bit at the start. Well, uh, we've got some surprises in store for you this weekend in uh, going forward from the, from here on out. So uh, join us, won't you, on the Dialogue Options Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to the Dialogue Options Podcast with your ever-faithful hosts, Joel McDonald, that is me, and as always, my very, very good friend and co-host, Mr. Kyron Morrison. How are you doing? Good, sir. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good, considering pretty good. considering how shit the weather is right now, but I myself am doing good. <laughs> it's pretty terrible. And I realize terrible. I bring it up a lot, but it's just really bad at the moment, and it just makes me sad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's pretty miserable. Although I've just had a coffee, so I'm feeling like nice and toasty warm. Yeah, like it's it's good. I'm feeling good. <laughs> um, but uh, but Kyron, we're it's episode one hundred. It is. We hit triple we digits. Triple digits. We're all there. We're all over it. Um. So uh, as you might have already heard, if you've gotten this far in the episode, uh, things are a little bit different now. Um, we do have a a new theme song that I, I've whipped up myself. Um, so I hope you all enjoy that. Um, if you, if you do or don't let me know and I'll, I'll, I'll work on it. It might be a little bit of an, an evolving theme song, but we'll see. Um, but we've got a few more surprises in store for the way the show is going to actually play out and, um, and just mix things up a little bit. So I reckon, uh, what have you done this week, Karen? Like what, what's, what's been happening? Uh, not a lot, honestly. I've been able to play video games, which has been nice. But uh, hey, apart, yeah. apart from I've that, like, a lot. not a lot. Like, Glow Season 2 just started on Netflix, so I've started binging that. I'm about halfway through. It's awesome. incredible. And I haven't started yet, because I realized I need to wait for Ash to get home from work so I can watch it with her. So <laughs> fair, fair. I went to watch it today, and I went, ah, oh, shit, no, I should really wait. It's, it's really good. So I'll see. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch it, because the first season was really great, so... Really excited to get into that. And I also uh, saw Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom last Ooh. week on the Saturday. Okay. I liked it. Like, I, I enjoyed yeah, it. Liked it. I know it's getting very mixed reviews and I can sort of see why, but okay, it's it's left the series at a point where I'm interested to see where the next movie is going to go. And yep. yeah, I felt genuine sadness for dinosaurs. So that was a thing. Okay. Actual, a, I guess, actual heartbreak. So that was fine. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good endorsement for it, I guess. Yeah, um, <laughs> if, you, if you love dinosaurs, like, yeah, be careful. Yeah. Okay, all right, fair enough. You can yeah, have a bad a time. Content warning, a, a dinosaur trigger warning. <laughs> there for <laughs> it's if you if you're that attached to if, dinosaurs. If you're a dinosaur sympathist, yeah, it's okay. It's tough. Fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, apart yeah, from that, not right. not a lot else, honestly. Cool. Yeah. Well, I, I've uh. I've, I haven't done a lot, just been working, playing some games, one game in particular, but we'll get to that. Um, but uh, I also got tickets for Childish Gambino's show um, in Melbourne, which I'm, I'm very excited about. Nice. So, yeah, my end of year is going to be uh, 
Panic at the Disco in October, and then Childish Gambino in November, and then Frank Turner in December. So it's going to be a good end of the year for concerts. And packs in there somewhere as well. Yeah, so, you're going to be uh, enjoy enjoy having broke? very little money. <laughs> mm, yeah, I'm absolutely going to be broke. Um, so, so, there's a lot of games but, coming out later this year as well. Oh yeah, hey, but at least the thing is though, like I've paid the expensive part True. of the show. That's so, a good point. Like That's the ticket dumb. is the expensive part. I don't have to. Buy, I know this sounds very very strange for me to say. I don't have to buy a t-shirt. No, I will. You do have to buy a t-shirt though. Each of them. Exactly, I do. I, I will absolutely how, buy a t-shirt at each of those shows. How else will people know that you were there? Like, you've got to have the t-shirt. Exactly. How can I rub it in everyone's face? And I was like, I was fucking there, you know, because um, I'm that obnoxious. Uh, but anyway, I think we should get into what we've been playing. Joel, you, but, uh, you forgot one other thing that you did. What, what else did I do? I don't know, last Sunday, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. So, yeah, last Sunday. Thank you for reminding me, Kyron. It's okay. I the was coffee's like, slowly working Don't now. forget. Yeah. Yeah, the coffee's slowly kicking in now. My my hat that I bought slightly hidden, so I didn't actually have it in the like, <laughs> field of view. So, I couldn't... That was my, like, my memory uh, reminder. Your um, memory yeah, reminder. Last Sunday. Yeah, you know what I mean. Again, <laughs> coffee hasn't kicked in quite yet. Um, but, yeah, no, last Sunday I went along to the Go Games Market. Presented by Gent, uh, presented by Game Out. Um, it's a, it was a great little like a uh, uh, gaming like retro game swap meet, I guess you could call it. Um, and yeah, it was really really cool to go along. I went along and um, you know bought a few things. I bought some nice artwork for for myself and for you, Karen. I've got some cool stuff for you, um, which I'll deliver to you at some point, hopefully. <laughs> one day. Uh, one day, yeah. One day I'll get back to Bendigo. Um, but yeah, and uh, I also bought a, a sweet like uh, SNES uh, buttons hat. So it's like a it's like a snapback. It's like nice and grey. It's this really nice woolen material. It's re- it's one of the most comfiest hats that I own. It's really great. Um, from uh, I got a, 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 a company called uh, Gamer Hats. Um, so if you just Google Gamer Hats, um, it's like one of the first uh, results that'll pop up. And they've got some really cool stuff. There's like a um, there's like a, a a black snapback that's got like a, a like a rupee like an eight bit rupee on the front of it, um, and then they've got like one that's a really great one that I almost bought too, which is um it's all black except the front of it's got like the four controller ports for the Nintendo sixty four, um so that's kind of neat. Uh, I also bought a pin from them as well, uh so yeah really cool stuff so go check them out, um and yeah the Overwatch art that I bought uh again can't remember. Uh, which uh, who the artist was? I'm really bad with that, but I might put some photos up on Twitter on our Twitter account if you want to check those ones out. Um, but I also got to hang out with the uh, the guys from Point and Click, um, uh, formerly OK Games, uh, in the transitional phase. I think we're slowly getting out of that now, where we I think people know who Point and Click are now, which is great. Um, and yeah, they were there. They were recording an, an episode of live on the show floor. Um. Well, not live live, but like they were recording on the show floor. Uh, and I jumped uh, behind the mic with them and had a bit of a chat with them, which was really great. Uh, and it was just a really great day. Uh, hung out with, uh, I think, Callum from Game Train. Um, I think I saw uh, Jamie Galea from New Game Plus was there. I didn't get to say hi to him. I'm really sad about that. But um, I did see him floating around. Um, and I also got, uh, I, I also saw uh, Sammy Deej from uh, The Inconsolables. So a lot of the uh, AGPN crew were there hanging out, having a good time. Um, and yeah, I think the next one's going to be in October from memory. Um, 
they they were aiming for around PAX time. I think if you go and listen to the point and click episode they recorded, they um they had an interview with the guy who is running it, and he uh he said yeah they want to do it October, but they they're going to try and avoid PAX as much as possible. So it might be like the week before that. Um, but yeah, it's a good little Sunday outing. Like go out to um and check out some cool uh retro games and things like that. Uh, but yeah, it was a good good fun time. Thanks for reminding me, Karen. No problem. Really bad about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now I think we should get to what we've been playing. That sounds good. And to do that, I think we need to check in with our quest log. Mission completed. Quest log. Okay, so quest log, uh, if you're wondering, is the first of our new segments on the show. Uh, it's basically the same as what our uh, what we've been playing, but it just has a bit more of a uh, catchy ring to it i think more than what we've been playing it's uh makes it sound a little bit more official i guess so uh yeah from now on quest log will be our what we've been playing segment um but uh we should jump right into that uh i might kick off really quickly because uh, from the game the go go blah, blah from the go games market i did pick up a, a copy of battlefield one so uh, I've played a little bit of it, not a whole lot, so I won't dive into it a whole bunch. Um, I've basically played the tutorial of the War Stories, and I've played um, uh, one of the first missions, which I think is uh, Through Mud and Blood, which is the um, the tank one, where you're in uh, you're part of a tank crew. Um, you're like a fresh-faced soldier who's the the uh, the driver of the tank. And it's sort of like set over like four maps, I think, uh, with different objectives and things like that. Um, in and out of the tank, mainly in the tank. But there's some there's a really great mission where like you've got to scout ahead and um, try and like clear the path basically for the tank to roll through. Um, and it was pretty tense. Uh, but the one thing that I've I've noticed from from the game is I feel like they've really captured and been respectful to how awful world war one was and i think that's really important they've they've it had that potential to sort of like it was walking that fine line of whether or not it'd be a bit too much focusing on glorifying it a bit too much or just telling these stories that were you know based around things that happened in that war um and yeah i think they did a really good job from the one war story i've played so far um of, of uh of doing that which is a good sign i guess yeah like I, I, I didn't finish the campaign, but uh, the ones I played mm. were pretty good. That's ba- yeah. it's basically the reason I'm willing to give Battlefield Five or Battlefield V a chance when it comes out mm. later this year. Yeah, pretty much. That's the same for me as well. I might try and get into some like multiplayer and just see how I go. Like I, I know it's, I know the answer to that question is going to be terrible, but um, it's not for everyone. It's, it's chaotic. Like, yeah, and I think it's just a, it's a matter of like just putting in the time with it. Like you can't just jump into it. It's it's almost like like Fortnite or something like that. You've really got to put a little bit of time into it if you do want to try and get something like worthwhile out of it, I guess. But um, I mean, if you're playing it, and you just you're not enjoying it. I guess it's never going to really click for you. So, but I'm I'm willing to give it a go. I think and uh, and see how we go with it, especially to prepare myself for Battlefield Five, which sounds like you're but you're going to be picking up as well, and I might I at some point as well up, yeah. when you do. Mm, so. Um, I might uh, I might jump into that with you, and we might squad up and uh, take on some World War Two antics, I guess. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's the, the the first thing I played this week. Um, 
the other game that I played that you haven't played is a mobile game. So strap yourself in, Kyron. Oh, I'm strapped um, in. I am as strapped, strapped in. as oh, I'm as strapped in as I'll get. Right here. I'm, okay, I'm, let's right. go. Let's do it. Excellent. Let's go. Let's roll. <laughs> um, all right. So I've during the uh, the Pokemon uh, Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu news blowout, they did also bring up uh, about uh, another Pokemon game that was coming to the Switch for free that day that it got announced, um, called Pokemon Quest. Uh, they also said that it was coming to mobile devices at like down the track. Uh, and the good news, if you're interested in that, is it's out now. It came out earlier, uh, in the middle of last week, um, and I was waiting for it to, to have a go at it before it uh, to come on to mobile, because I was like, I think that's going to be a good fit for that type of game. Uh, so I jumped into it, I downloaded it, gave it a go, and I tell you what, Kyron, I actually really enjoy it. It's It's really dumb, but it's super fun, and... I I was ready to not ready to to be against it or dislike it, but I was ready to like sort of go oh god one of these games again. Um, and I'd say what well, it does have those elements of those free to play mobile games for sure, one hundred percent. But um, they, I don't know, it just doesn't feel as egregious as some of the other ones I've played. Um, so the basic idea is you're going to this island um, to basically like search for Pokemon and, and do a bit of research on uh, a rumor that you heard about some uh, some treasure that got uh, like some lost treasure there, um, and so you go there and you've got your little uh, Pokemon drone that's um, that's been developed by Silphco, which I thought was a nice little touch, like tying it into the lore as well, um, and yeah, so it's uh, you, you fly around um, and just trying to get. Uh, Pokemon and do a bit of research and research different types of Pokemon, uh, and it's just a it's a jolly fun time. Uh, it's all the art style is all very like it's all cube based, which I know for a lot of people, including me, was a bit of a turn off at first. I do not like it um, personally. Yep, yeah, no, I totally get why people don't like it. But now having played the game, I kind of like it. Again, it's so dumb. Like the, the some of the, the facial expressions that they have the Pokemon have, like, you have, like, a little icon for each of your Pokemon and your Pokedex, um, and they're, they're, some of their faces are so derpy, but I love it, and it makes me so happy, just, like, I, I just have, like, a bit of a chuckle to myself every time I open it up, but, uh, but, yeah, so, the way that you collect Pokemon is you, uh, when you go out on expeditions, which I'll touch on eventually, um, you collect ingredients, when you come back home, you've got a base camp, you've got a little cooking pot there, and you put ingredients in there to cook up different things that can make different recipes. I usually just hit the autofill button, so it'll just sort of randomly chuck in a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and then what you do is it'll it'll take anywhere between like three to five expeditions um, to cook. So you keep, you go out on your expeditions, and then uh, once that though, you've met that requirement of how many expeditions it's taken to cook the, the meal, um, a new Pokemon will arrive. Sometimes a couple of Pokemon will arrive as well. It can be like one or two Pokemon will, will show up um, I don't know whether it, the more cooking ingredients or the more you do, like, things that you get can increase the amount of Pokemon that will arrive each time. Um, but, yeah, so, like, a, a Pokemon will show up and, and it'll just get, it'll be, become your friend. And you can use it in your party when you go out on expeditions. Um, so, yeah, it's it's kind of neat. Uh, going out on expeditions, you have, like, a team of three Pokemon. So it's like, uh, at the moment, I think I've got, like, my Pikachu that I may have spent money on to get already. Um, 
It was four dollars fifty. Tisk tisk tisk. I know, I know, and I I'm not proud of how quickly it took for me to actually spend money on this game. Um, but I mean, it was it was literally I spent four dollars fifty and. I got a whole bunch of tickets, which are like the, like poker tickets, which are like the currency of the game. Um, that you get a fairly steady um, income of anyway, but I got like 100 bonus ones. I got a decoration for my base camp, uh, and the way decorations work are that they'll have like different buffs that will uh, give you different, um, like, you know, rewards and things. So I think the, the one I got was a, a Pikachu surfboard, and I think it gives me more chance of finding yellow ingredients to cook so I could attract more Pokemon, like, yellow Pokemon, I guess, is what they say. Um, so, wait, what does the yellow pertain to? The colour or an element or a flavour? I'm not really sure. Like, okay. It's sometimes it'll just say, like, like yellow-style right. Pokemon or red-style Pokemon. Right. Oh, God. <clears throat> um, At least but, be clear but, about it, game. At least be clear about it. Yeah, I think it might pertain to, like, specific, um, like, types of Pokemon. So, it's like, you know... Mainly electric type Pokemon. It, it can be a bit wild card as well that you get. It is a bit like you know RNGesus, praise be, sort of uh, vibe to it as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it's it's essentially a gacha game as well. So it's a free to play <laughs> gacha game. So you sort of, if you're into those types of games, you sort of know what you're getting yourself into, I guess. Um, but yeah, going out on expeditions, you have your team of uh, of Pokemon. So like I said, I've got my Pikachu now that I got for spending money. Um, and he's a special Pikachu. He's, he knows Surf. So he knows Thunder Wave and Surf, um, which is really cool. Um, you'll get different, like, multiples of the same Pokemon. And, like, they, they might have different moves or different levels or different uh, things unlocked about them as well. Uh, and you take your Pokemon out on expeditions. And uh, basically the way that works is Pokemon will move by themselves. They'll move towards wild Pokemon. And you've basically got, like, three or four waves to go through. Um, and you battle Pokemon, and they the Pokemon will attack by themselves. Ooh. I, yeah, okay, so here's, like, I, I, that sounds like a little bit like, you can set it to auto as well, so, like, it'll oh, use God. their, so, moves, so their just, moves and things as well. They just play on their own, essentially. Basically, yeah. Ash has done that a couple of times when she's been grinding stuff, but, because um, I also got Ash hooked on this as well. Uh, but, yeah, so you, uh, but you've also got, like, anywhere between one or two moves, Per Pokemon as well, depending on what they know when you get them. Um, so, like I said, my Pikachu knows Surf and Thunder Wave, uh, and you can, they have like buttons for those down the bottom, and you can hit those at any time, uh, and it will do that move. Um, and then there'll be like a cooldown timer before you can use it again anywhere, and you can have different things that will like affect the, the, the cooldown time on it as well, which is cool. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the basically you still have a little bit of skill involved in using those because some of them will be like, say, I I think my Charmander that I started with, because you pick a Pokemon to start with, um, and my Charmander I started with new Scratch. So Scratch, obviously, you need to be within range to use it. Otherwise, Charmander will just wildly slash at nothing and you've sort of wasted that move, essentially. Um, so you've also got to, you know, time it a little bit of where your Pokemon are and the thing. You can also flee as well if, and, um, like, regain health. It's pretty slow how you regain health, but, um, yeah, it can be, like, the difference between, like, surviving and not surviving. Uh, but, yeah, it's, I, look, honestly, it's, if you're morbidly curious about it, like, check it out. It's on the Switch. It's on Android and, and iOS now. Um, it's, it's dumb fun. You'll know within an hour or two if you 
are into it or not. Um, it does have like an energy like system as well, like a lot of free to play games. Yeah, it's, so it's free to play. Like, it was going to happen. Exactly. Um, but it's like, but the way they've like incorporated it in as well, like it's um, the the drone that you, because like the, the camera view when you go on expeditions is like from top down, like isometric almost, and it follows your Pokemon. But that's supposed to be the view from your um, your Poker drone essentially. Um, and then like that, your Poker drone, I think it's called the Move B, I think. Um, but it, it has like a, a battery level basically. So you start off with like five battery charges and when they run out, you've got to wait until it um, recharges like uh, one of its battery cells. Um, and I think that happens every half an hour. Um, you'll also get Pokemon that will just randomly appear at your camp every, I think, 22 hours or so. Um, and like you'll go in there and it'll be like, hey, a Pokemon's just showed up at your camp. And you go in there and it'll be like, oh, you've got a new Pokemon. So you sort of get like one new Pokemon every day. Um, whether it be like a new Pokemon or one you've discovered um, with like different movesets or a slightly higher level. Um, there's leveling up like normal Pokemon games. There's evolutions like my Charmander has evolved into a, a Charmeleon now. Um, and uh, it, it happened around about level 15, 16, which seems to be pretty concurrent with how it works in the game, like the, the normal mainline games as well. Um Cerebi's already got like a full breakdown, like a full like breakdown of the Pokemon that are available in Quest and their moves they can learn and, and how to get them and things as well. So if you're struggling to try and get a certain type of Pokemon, you can go there and it'll um, check that out, like the other mainline Pokemon games, which is cool. Um, but the way you increase your Pokemon's power as well, finally, is that uh, you get Power Stones from going out on expeditions as well as ingredients. Uh, and you unlock like slots basically in your Pokemon and they'll be laid out differently for each Pokemon. Um, and they break down into like attack and defense basically. So, um, and then it gives you like an overall aggregate score of the, the power of that Pokemon when you equip those certain gems, um, or stones. Um, they have different abilities as well. Like I said before about like altering cooldown times. Um, you can also get like big power stones that will like affect the the type of moves that it has so say you've got like a pokemon that knows like a defensive maneuver that will like buff its defense you can equip a stone onto that um if it'll let you, you can equip a stone onto that that will make it so that the benefits from those will be for your entire party of pokemon so you can all get that 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 defense buff which is really cool as well so there's a bit of strategy involved there's a bit of like you know like constantly switching around through um like party members to see see um what's going to be the best and most uh effective uh use of pokemon out in the field um and yeah look i'm having a lot of fun with it it's 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 a a decent fun little mobile free-to-play game it could have been so much worse as well um but yeah i i think for what it is it's kind of fun and if you're again morbidly curious check it out where would you rank it on the list of nintendo free-to-play mobile games (laughs) well that's a good question actually um, I would say, if not, like, slightly below, but, like, comparable to Pokemon Go, I, th- I feel, just because, like, it's, it does have, like, a game element to it that you can play, whereas, like, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp was okay, but, uh, I don't know, it, it, it felt like there, there was not as much game stuff in there as it was, like, building out your camp. And if that's what you're looking for, then absolutely like, like pocket camps. Great for that. But 
yeah, I feel like there was a little bit more interactivity with this one. Um, and yeah, so I'd probably say maybe just below Pokemon Go, just again, because the state Pokemon Go is in at the moment is pretty decent. Like they've added a whole, but they've really supported that game and really tried their best to sort of incorporate features that fans have wanted and expected, I guess. Um, like trading's there now and like you can swap friend codes and stuff. At last. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty neat. And then like when it came, when trading came out, it was like you had to be level 30 or something. And people were like, well, that's shit. I don't, like, I don't have the time to grind up to level 30 because that takes a lot of time. And so they went, all right, cool. We'll get rid of that barrier. Um, so anyone can trade with anyone now, which is really neat. But yeah, like, I th- I think it's a, it's, it's a worthwhile game to check out. Like I said, again, free to play mobile game. So you know what you're getting yourself into. But if you, you're interested in those sort of things, you'll probably get a kick out of it, I think. Um, but yeah, Pokemon Quest. Um, Apart from that, I've been playing something else. Like, the only thing I've been really playing this week is what we've both sort of been really playing. Um, did you want to jump into that now, or shall we... Oh, yeah, we may as well just... what you've been playing. May as well get out of the way, because honestly, it's it's just going to be me heaping more praise onto Hollow Knight. I still really just love yeah. it. <laughs> I love it so much. I love it so damn much. Um... I've just, I like, in the last couple of days, I've made, like, a real surge forward with progress. Like, I've got a whole bunch of new power-ups and new uh, things that are gonna, helping me out. Uh, and, like, like I get a power-up and I go, now I can go back to that specific those specific areas that I couldn't reach before. That classic Metroidvania um, situation of you just going, oh, now I can do the thing, um, which is really great. But uh, yeah, I, I, man, it's such a great game. It is. I just, I have so much love for it, so much love. And yeah, if you don't, if you have a Switch or a PC, and just buy the game, like just buy the game. That's all you need. It's, it's like fifteen dollars of your life, or seventeen dollars or something, isn't it, on the the eShop? Uh, I believe it was fifteen dollars something. Fifteen. I that's don't remember honestly, bonkers. but I think it was around that. It wasn't very expensive. It was a ridiculously good deal for what it comes with and what it will get as well. Exactly. Exactly. Like I, I can already see myself like I'm, I'm already, I don't normally with Metroidvanias, it feels super compelled to like complete everything, but it doesn't feel like this game is overwhelming with things to collect. Um, I still been collecting things that I have no idea what I'm using them for. I, I don't know what I need to use the, the rotten eggs for, or like, the Wanderer's Journals and things. I, I think I know where to go with them, but I don't know where those people are. I found a I guy no who's willing to buy the Wanderer's Journals and oh, and one of the other okay. items I've been picking up. I'm not sure if I meant to sell it to him, so I didn't. But, uh, okay. yeah. it's It seems like they're like a way to get currency pretty quickly, but yeah. Which I, is I, good, because it needs yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were talking about this before we started recording that... Um, the currency can be a bit of an issue sometimes. Um, I haven't. I don't mind grinding in it, because I, I, I really enjoy the combat, and I've I've got a couple of areas that I can quickly get to that I can power through and get a fair chunk of geo, which is the currency uh, in a short amount of time, which is good. But uh, but yeah, it's just such a joy to play. It's so wonderful, um, and it means I get to play with my new Joy Cons I got as well. Um, you might have seen me uh, post on Twitter. Uh, I'm finally repping dialogue options on my Switch with uh, my pink and green uh, Joy-Con controllers. Um, 
and I just, they look so nice, and they feel nice, like, new controller always feels really nice. I realized how much the grip on the um, left thumbstick on my, like, launch ones had, like, come off, and how it was, like, a bit slippery, and now it's like, oh, there's grip there, I can, oh, my thumb grips to it, that's lovely. And again, for the ridiculous price they charge for them, they'd better be good. Very true, yeah. It's $99, isn't it? That's ridiculous. That's on sale as well. I, oh, <laughs> like, it's insane. Controllers are expensive. It's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I think I think a, a full price set of Joy Cons will set you back like hundred and twenty. Yeah, it's usually hundred and twenty. Honestly, if you if, just get a Pro controller, they're cheaper and better. Don't buy new Joy Cons. Yeah. <laughs> but but your Switch comes with Joy Cons. You can play it like that in handheld mode. But buy a Pro controller. And that's well, my the other advice. reason. I just. The other reason I justified it is because, like, I'm still, like, having problems with my launch Joy-Cons as well, that the left one's a little bit dodgy sometimes. So I was like, it's fine. I can justify this slightly. And now I've got two spare controllers for, like, you know, when Mario Party rolls around, I can, like, I've got four controllers ready to go out the gate. Technically, I've got six because Ash has got her Switch as well. So like, I don't know how many players it's going to support, but, you know, I'm covered. My bases are covered. I'm set. Set for controllers. Um, any more Hollow Knight love? Any more major developments that you've had playing it? Not really. Again, just still enjoying it. I don't, I I, I want to save any sort of big opening ups for when I finish it slash if I finish it. So yeah, just the usual. Still playing it. Still enjoying it. Still recommend it yep. highly. I've got a feeling that I'm getting close to end game, but I'm not really sure. It's I have no hard idea. Hard to tell. I keep finding new it's areas, so, so I've got no idea. Right? Yeah. I, and it was funny, like, we were talking the other day, you were saying, oh, I was like, oh, I think I got this new thing from, like, the mine area. Have you been there yet? And I'm like, I think so. I'm not sure. But, like, I think I only just, went, like, properly went there on, like, two days ago for the first time. And this was, like, a week ago when we were talking about it. And I'm like, okay, cool. I've done th- And I've done things completely out of order. It still has, like, this element of exploration to it where it's not like, all right, it's sort of funneling you down slightly linear like in a linear way but it's it's not really it's it's opened up lots of different areas and then you'll see areas you're like i i need to get there but i can't get there yet and then you'll get like a double jump or a long dash or uh something like that but man this game's so good it's so good team cherry you are absolute legends i cannot wait to see what you what you can uh pull together next which is going to be great to keep an eye on um, but yeah, uh, is there anything else you've been playing this week, Kyron? Uh, the only other thing I played was that free Life is Strange 2 demo thing they put out, which I, uh, right. announced at E3, the awesome adventures of Captain Spirit. It's okay. It's okay? Yeah. Just okay? It's, it's free. You'll get like an hour okay. out of it. The story yeah. is like, there's definitely some emotional weight to it. Uh, a lot of it relies on you sort of exploring your environment and reading like articles and clippings and all of that. And you can, you can piece together what happened. But I mean, honestly, when they announced it, I sort of was, just, I already had an idea in my head as to at least part of what was going on. And I was like, spot on. Right. Didn't make it okay. less sad, but I was like, okay, I was right. Fair enough. But, um, did it feel, did it feel better that you were slightly prepared like, did you cope sure. a little bit better than... Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a surprise. I was like, okay. Okay. This is cool. sad, but yeah. figured. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, again, there's not much to say about it. It's it's good. It's free. As a result, I don't, I don't know if this is the engine that Life is Strange 2 is going to run on, but it's obviously not a good, not, not a great looking game. It's rough around the right. edges. Again, much like Life is Strange and Before the Storm both were as well. Uh, like some, some new sort of UI stuff that I guess will carry across to Life is Strange 2. Plus the credits do mention that Chris will appear in Life is Strange 2, so... It does raise questions to what the hell that game's going to be, since it was like, I, I saw a trailer for Life is Strange 2 and got really excited, and then it was just a shitty release date, and I just tuned out immediately. Yeah. And Square Enix is, up, oh, oh, is I, up on the PSN going, money please, pre-order. I'm like, no, yeah, thank you, I'm that, good, I'll buy you when it comes, when I see what you're about. <laughs> exactly, that's a bit much, but like, I mean, it's good to have like confirmation of an actual date for episode yeah. one, that's handy. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's I, about- I don't know if it needed a trailer, that's more of like a press release kind of vibe it was so funny i was like oh wow life is strange to try no no um get get stuff do you think that maybe the reason why they're keeping it so close to their chest in terms of showing stuff is that they might be working on a new engine like it might be running in some sort of like new tweaked up uh improved engine nah uh, life is strange too nah (laughs) i honestly if 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 they were using a better engine i don't see why i wouldn't just use it on this game but I mean, also uh, yeah, Don't yeah, Nod yeah. have been busy. They do have that new game they announced at E3, which much like Life is Strange, I'm interested in, but also it immediately looks pretty rough around the edges. And okay. they had that vampire game recently, which was apparently pretty good, but also, again, pretty rough around the edges. So it's just a part of, I guess, what Don't Nod do, which is fine. Like, there's always room for the not super huge, like not super polished AAA games. Like, it's it's okay. But yeah, yeah. It, it, it was something that definitely left out of me but it didn't take away from the experience too much but yeah so i mean i guess the main takeaway is for this for this little free downloadable game is if you enjoyed life is strange check it out mm-hmm. because you'll probably enjoy this and okay. if chris in fact is a major part of the next game you'll get an idea of how he could sort of work in that in the series okay. uh and if you're curious about life is strange maybe also check it out because it does again it gives you an idea of how the games play but cool yeah, even then, even if you are curious about Life is Strange, isn't the first episode of season one free? I actually was just thinking that. I'm like, pretty just, sure it's free. Just download that. It's better. Uh, it's free on like every device that it's on. Yeah. So it's, yeah. But yeah, like um, it, it, if it, if it, it's just, it was interesting because I didn't even notice it until later. I checked my activity feed and it was actually listed as Life is Strange 2 with the title, uh, The Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit. So I was like, oh, okay, that's news. And then I finished it and yeah, and the credits is like, catch up with see chris again and life is strange too i'm like all right here we go i assume do you think maybe that it'll be like chris grown up as the, the main protagonist and will like interact with max and chloe in some way that's if max and chloe are even in it man well that's true yeah i don't want to spoil like life is strange one yeah. but how I've, I- got, I've got a i've got a time limit now to play it so <laughs> how my how my story ended up in that i was like i don't know if we go back to these characters but that's just me that's just the right, story i okay. chose Yep. Okay. Cool. Um, so we don't know what we don't know yet. What's canon ending and what's not? Yeah. No. And I guess that's why, like, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Chloe and Max just aren't in Life is Strange too. But we'll see. Who knows? Wouldn't be a bad thing. But obviously, they'd have to be like they'd probably be mentioned. Would they be mentioned? You have to play Life is Strange one before okay. you say that. Joel. Okay. I can't. Yeah. I can't <laughs> comment on this. Yeah. That's a good point. I can't comment um, on this. So I will. I will reserve judgment until I've uh, played more of it. But yeah. So. Uh, 
but yeah, it's cool. It's it's okay. Like I, I wasn't. I didn't have super high hopes for it, so that that definitely helped. Because again, I knew what it was. Okay. It was just a free little thing. You can, you honestly, if you don't even want to know the the scope of the story, you can like play it, do a bit of the introductory stuff, and then your dad will go to sleep on the couch, and you can go wake him up, and you can just watch the ending cutscene. So okay. you don't have to explore around. But yeah, the mechanics relying on his imagination and how that actually functions were pretty cool, and I'm sure most people can relate because we've all been kids. But yeah. Yep, that's that's really where is about that game. I do I do like the idea that he's like quote unquote power is that it's his imagination. Yeah, I, I love that concept. Um, so if they explored more things like that, I think that'd be really cool to see. Um, maybe like the negative effects of that go in Life is Strange too. Maybe like someone who's like got a, a sort of stuck in that world a little bit hasn't quite grown up yet. If they're like a teenager and still fantasizing about things and uh that could be an interesting avenue to explore i don't know again i've got to finish one i've got to finish life strange one all you all you can know for certain is it's gonna punch you right in the heart when when life is strange cool. there'll be something that happens in the sequel that's just go it'll make you go oh great i feel like shit because that's just what these games do and if, if anything they're probably gonna double down on that so probably, probably. life is strange yourselves. one did it before the storm did it and this one yep. did it in albeit a lesser manner because you sort of saw it coming but yeah it'll yeah it, i'm sure there's they've got something cooked up to just make you go oh okay i'm i feel bad feels bad yep it yeah. feels bad man um that's, that's I, about it though i feel it it'll be interesting to see like maybe like you after playing at least maybe the first episode of life is strange too like seeing how much like the relevance of captain spirit and like well, I mean, hey, they did. They, they said, didn't they? Like before I came out, that there would be clues in there, and yeah. Personally, I didn't care enough to go digging that deep. I pieced together the core story, and that was about it. But I'm sure people out there have already got their like conspiracy boards up with their red string, their red yarn. I mean, like it's yep. all connected, and they've already figured I, it out. But yeah, yeah, it will be worth. I think thinking back upon this game when Life is Strange Two is out. But yeah. Who knows? Free download. If you're curious, check it out. It's not very big and it's not very long. Why not? Why not? Excellent. So we've uh, we've checked in with what we've been playing and uh, had a look at the quest board. So I think it's time we move into uh, some some news. But uh, before we do that, I think we better uh, intro the news segment as our new segment now, which is going to be referred to as Dope or Nope. Dope. So if you've uh, if you've listened to our E3 coverage from last year, I believe um, you'll be sort of familiar with what Dope or Nope is. It's a little game we played last year to break down all our E3 coverage uh, as quickly as possible into one episode. Um, it still was a long episode, but uh, but it could have been. Longer. I feel like this form. It could have been so much longer. Um, it could have been what how many, we did seven episodes that were like the shortest one was I think about half an hour. Yes, for E three this year, so you know it could have been, you know, eight hours worth of of content, seven hours worth of content. Um, but yeah, so we we're gonna we we decided we we like that format so much that we might incorporate that into uh the way we deal with news in regular episodes. So uh, if you're not familiar with Dope or Nope, um, the way it works is. We bring news stories to the table each week. Um, 
we give a quick overview of what that new story is, uh, and then we both decide whether it's dope, which means we will spend time, have a chat about it, go in deep, uh, and and talk about it in depth, or nope, uh, which if uh, we both nope it and decide that it's not not newsworthy, then we move on, and we forget all about it, and that's it. We move on to the next thing. Um, so uh, the, the other rules are, obviously, it could get to a situation where one of us will dope and the other will nope. Um, and I think the way we're going to do that is, we're going to deal with that is, um, the person who, who decided the news was dope gets a, a limited amount of time to discuss it uh, uh, before moving on. So um, hopefully it'll streamline things a little bit. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, we, we think it's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, we hope you do as well. So let's kick it off. Um, now our first one, Kyron. Do you want to do you want to kick us off with the first one? I mean, I can. It's it's certifiably dope already, so there's no point in really taking exactly. a vote on it. Like, and we're I gonna, don't think we need to vote on this one. We're gonna have stories like this as well. So, yeah, <laughs> some parts of like this will just be talk. the same. <laughs> we we should we should we should have like a super dope, as a, super <laughs> like dope, certified dope. Yeah, just stamp. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Big old red stamp. Um, yeah, so Overwatch last week started teasing out a little bit of a uh, little bit of an update. Um, we saw a like a a scenescape, like a streetscape, basically, like against like a, a wall with a whole bunch of graffiti and uh, posters over it to do with um, Horizon Lunar Colony and, and things like that, and a soccer ball next to a trash can. Um, uh, about three days ago, we got another little actual video of the same scene but uh with a giant metal ball rolling by uh and then just a couple of days ago we we got full confirmation of what this was all leading to which was the next character in overwatch uh which is hero number 28 i believe i think it's 28 Um, now yeah mm, something like that uh and hero number 28 is hammond Ah, uh, also known as oh, sorry, Wrecking Ball. Wrecking Ball. Yeah, which I hope changes. His name's Wrecking Ball. I hope it changes. I hope they swap it around. But like, uh, it is Hammond. So uh, if you're familiar with Overwatch lore, like you'd probably be familiar with the 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 name Hammond. Uh, was also another one of the experiments on uh, the Horizon Lunar Colony with Winston. Um, a lot of people thought it was going to be a another monkey because, or another another gorilla because, you know, that sort of made sense i guess at the time uh but now we know that it is a little hamster i'm so glad it wasn't another monkey i'm just glad me too yeah it just it would have been so hard to to sort of differentiate the two they would have had to work really hard to sort of make it its own sort of thing so i'm glad that it is something completely original and different and fucking adorable by the way holy shit yeah uh i am all about this little bastard so about it. Um, so he's a tank character. Um, he has his little the, the the rolling metal ball we saw in that tease was actually uh, his tank. Uh, so it it has like you know Gatling guns basically, uh, kind of similar to Diva I guess uh, in a way. Like his whole setup's kind of similar to Diva. Um, um, yeah. Uh, it's worth noting that he's he has a mag. So I think he's got eighty in the magazine for his yes. guns. And they are a bit but better guns... at the longer range as opposed to Diva's shotguns, mm-hmm. which are close range weapons. Yeah, 
and they're a little bit more focused as well. Like yes, definitely aim, more focused. But, um, you can go for headshots, which, which is nice. Yeah, exactly, which is good. Um, but yeah, he can also transform into ball mode and roll around uh, in his little hamster ball, um, which is a great sort of maneuverability. Uh, he also has a a grappling hook, which he can use in conjunction with the ball mode uh, and swing around, say, like a pole in the center of the, the map. Um, and if you pick up enough speed, it gives uh, you get like a, you can knock into players basically and, um, and and damage them or knock them out a little bit. Doesn't do, you, do a whole lot of damage, but do you, you know, know what he reminds me of? What the uh, the goddamn the stupid bloody shield droids from the Star Wars prequels? Oh, not you've okay. He's knocked down a couple of pegs there. For <laughs> it's not his fault. It's fine. It's not his fault. It's the, like, it's not his you know, they roll up in ball mode. They deploy. Well, that's like they have shields as they well. They do. <laughs> they have shields. Yeah, that's true. He does have like a normal shield he can deploy as well, which works really interestingly. Um, so there's like a counter down next to his health bar, um, and it, the more enemies that you are surrounded by, um, if you activate your shield when there's more enemies nearby, you'll get more of a shield um, compared to if you activate it when there's no one around. So he's sort of being set up as like a, a, a like a disruptor character, I guess, like getting into the thick of things, causing mayhem and getting out again. Um, which is really cool. I, I, I mean, Dave is kind of like that as a tank, like, but I think this is a little bit more. His maneuverability is it's a little bit more wild card to try and wrap your head around as well. He but, uh, compared to Diva's mech, but the, the thing for me that separates him a bit more from Diva is Diva can still sort of do. Uh, she can like take hits for other characters. She can, like, right. throw at her defense matrix to, like, suck up some attacks to sort of protect yeah, support and stuff like that. But, like, like Wrecking Ball or Hammond, like, he is a tank, but he won't be really saving anyone's life, if that makes sense. Like, he, if he's in, in front of them, he'll mm-hmm. take the damage, but he can't throw out a shield or a barrier or anything like that. He will look after himself. Yeah, exactly. And so I think, yeah, he's, he's again, his sole purpose is to get get into the thick of things, cause mayhem, and then use his maneuverability to get out as much as, uh, as quickly as possible. Um, he also has like a maneuver when the, the uh, like an ability that's only available while you're in the air, uh, which is basically like a ground pound. So you just like slam down on the ground and knock enemies up into the air. Um, it doesn't do a whole lot of damage, but it does enough. Um, but it also, yeah, it knocks him in the air. Doesn't disable them while they're in the air, but like they can still sort of freely move around. But it it, it will hundred percent disrupt someone if you're trying to capture a point, just like swinging in there and is slamming the ground and knocking like four players into the air. Speaking while the rest of, of your which, teammates come in and sort of mop up. Speaking of which, his ultimate ability will also be useful as far as like point defense or attack or like payload mm-hmm. stuff is, because he when he triggers his ultimate, he throws out a minefield of sorts which just covers yeah. as a decent-sized area, which I think is just going to be incredibly useful in overtimes. Mm. You'll just see, you'll see Hammonds it's, just throwing out mines. Oh, yeah. And, like, it's cool, too, because, like, if you, if you set it up right and if a, a, an enemy player falls into it uh, in the right way, they can sort of be, like, bounced between, like, two or three mines. Um, Brutal. And cause, like, massive damage. Yeah, it's, that, it's, it's pretty gnarly to watch him do it. But um, overall, I've just... He's I, I'm so excited to give him a go. Um, I was talking with a, a friend of ours. I was talking with Tonky last night. He's been playing on PC, so 
He's been uh, checking him out in the PTR. He's got a couple of videos up on his Facebook page as well, some live videos he took. Um, and he's just like, it's nuts. Like, um, the video he showed me um, is in uh, Ilios. So, you know, the the capture point in the house um, that's off the edge where, like, off to the edge. So it's not the well and it's not... There's uh, you mean yeah, you... It's not well and it's not the other one. It's yeah, like, yeah, it yeah, lighthouse? Yeah. It's, uh, I don't... It... It might be called Lighthouse. It's the one that's got the tower on the top of it. You can come in from the rooftop. Yeah. Since I assume it's yeah, going to be yeah. him, like, grappling it down in for a rooftop, right? No, 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 no. Oh, also, okay. Outside, that, outside the point, there's, like, a, like a stone column. Mm. And he basically grappled onto that and swung around it. And it was it was a match where there was, like, seven Hammonds, like, <laughs> all up. There was just all those balls everywhere. Uh, and he's just, like, spinning around and getting, like, that speed boost and then, like, knocking people back. And then he sort of slung himself, like, slingshot himself off to, over to the side and then went back into, like, tank mode and started firing. Um, and it was just, it was really cool to watch. So I'm, uh, I'm so excited to get hands-on with him. He I'm seems really very cool. Him. He's very physics-based. And he's, I can already tell in the hands mm. of, like, some of those Overwatch pros, he's going to be ridiculous. Yep. Absolutely. Um, even like things like using it to uh, escape, like say a diva mech, like a diva explosion. Um, you could like jump off the edge, grapple the side of the the map, and then like swing yourself back up onto the map using the the momentum of that, which is really cool. Um, or even like hiding out down there while like you know if people are trying to storm like a control point, and you just sort of pop up, and uh, especially if you've got your ultimate, pop up and like fling yourself in, drop your mines, and then roll out of there. Um, it's yeah already a lot of like possibilities and combinations that uh, I'm very excited to try and get hands on with. It's just exciting because he's so left field. Like I mean, I mm. when, when the second video was of the metal ball rolling through the alley, I mean it was it was pretty clear it was the next hero since we are hitting July. We are in July now, and July is Hero Month for Overwatch based on their yeah. current schedule, but. Yes. Nothing could prepare me for when that that last video was uploaded and the ball stopped and a little hamster popped out. Like I just, I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready. No, it's amazing and I love I it, but think, I was shocked. <laughs> I don't think any of us were ready for that. But holy shit, it's so good. And I like the fact that um all all these taunts like he doesn't he doesn't speak like in a normal like voice. He obviously speaks like a hamster. But he has like a, a a robot interpreter as part of his tank that will interpret it in this like menacing, like robotic voice that Amazing. sounds great. Yeah, um, cannot wait. Cannot that, wait. That is an Orvo Joel. Oh, so this week Overwatch also updated on consoles and PC to introduce the Symmetra rework to the wider audience. So now mm-hmm. she is no longer in the support class. She is a part of the damage class and also the damage class is now a combination of attack and defense which just makes bloody sense so yeah so that's one of the cool features they brought across and she 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 plays so interestingly now i mean i have heard people who aren't crazy about it but i honestly don't mind i'm just glad that her stupid gun doesn't auto target anymore that used to piss me off that's Oh, good, yeah. Uh, and her teleporter is super interesting now and her new ultimate being that huge like just photon barrier is cool massive barrier yeah. yeah so i'm interested to see how that all shakes out but also they also introduced uh two new features to sort of include in- in- improve the quality of life of the 
community itself. So they now have Looking for Group, which if you've played any sort of like MMO game, you know what that is. It means you can queue up for a game, say that you are doing, you're willing to do this role and look for players to fill the other roles. And it's again, it's been a requested feature and I'm glad I finally put it in. So obviously that means that if you queue up for a role, say you want to queue up for tank, Joel, and you, you jump on this person's game as their tank. When the game starts, you will only be able to pick tanks, which is a good way to just stop people from going, oh yeah, I'll, I'll play support, and then going straight to DPS when they get in. And you get in uh, there and being like, Hanzo uh, main, sorry. Yeah, ha- sorry, Hanzo, uh, not playing Mercy, tricked you. Like, so that's a really cool way and to then, stop that. And then, and then flashing like, we need a healer, we need a healer, and you're like, fucking mate. I, I hate you. Mate. Uh, but yeah, so that that's going to be a cool thing to sort of in- improve the quality of life there. And they also introduced a new mechanic called endorsements, which, I mean, the best way to, to sort of describe those is like you finish a game of Overwatch and you can throw out a certain amount of thumbs up to your teammates. Now, those those little awards are little things like maybe someone was really good at communicating, so you can give them a little... A little uh, uh, an endorsement for that which gets experience for you and i think them i don't remember but you definitely get experience uh there's one right. for leadership and i think there's one for just like general like good good teamwork good behavior being a good player not being a dick and i think you can give out exactly. one of these each and i think one of them can even be given to the enemy team so it's just a uh, yeah yeah i did hear that that's a, yeah. that's a really cool thing as well just a little cool thing to encourage teammates to play like teammates, and now they're going to be rewarded for it. Uh, when you receive endorsements, like there's there is a little stat that keeps track. It'll appear on your career profile. Um, also, they made it so this is actually kind of funny, and I I understand why. Uh, I think now you have to be friends with someone to actually see their career profile or to like see their stats. Oh, so, so you can't because okay. well, I mean I'm guilty of it. I've done it where I've been curious about who I'm playing with and I've checked their like career profile and seen they've spent a hundred hours on Hanzo and I'm like, oh, all right, <laughs> here we go. But, um, so that's, that's a thing that I don't think you can do anymore unless you're friends with them. But yeah, just like lots of little things to sort of, again, two years on Overwatch is still improving and it's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It's so, it's so, like you said, this game's over two years old now and people are, I mean, we've eased off on it a little bit. Um, a lot in the, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but I mean, look, I'm, I'm ready to dive back into it with Hammond. Holy shit. Let's go. I'm, I that's mean, the shake up I needed. Season 11 started, so I'll jump into my placements. But apart from that, like, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. So I'm sure you'll hear us talk about, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, us when we go hands on with, um, with the, uh, with Hammond himself. So it'll be, uh, you'll hear us talk a little bit more about it, which would be great. Uh, alrighty. What's our next one, Kyron? So next up, we've got an EA story, Joel. Oh, God. So we all remember the sad time at the start of a year when EA announced they were shuttering Visceral and shelving yep. the Amy Hennig Star Wars game, which, I mean, mm. it it was sad, even though we didn't really know what that sort of game was, given Amy Hennig's pedigree with the Uncharted series. We had hopes, but that was about it. Yeah, uh, it's now yep. come to light that six months ago in January, when this all happened, she sort of left EA. She uh, actually, I'll, find, I'll pull a tweet up. She tweeted about okay. it as well because this went live on a Eurogamer article, sort of talking about what's happening with her and her, her new studio and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. Where is it? Here it is. So she tweeted, 
To clarify, I left EA six months ago, shortly after the closure of Visceral, along with most of the team. The story we were, we were crafting has essentially been shelved, but EA Vancouver's Star Wars game is still very much alive, and I wish my colleagues nothing but the best. So the Eurogamer hmm. article goes on to describe that she's actually looking at starting a smaller team, and they're looking yeah. at doing research into VR. Hmm, interesting. So, I, I look. Okay, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say dope. Just because, like, I'm super happy that Amy Hennig's, like, doing her own thing and sort of off the chain now. She can go and make something that maybe she's wanted to make for a while now. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to go dope as well for that same reason. Just because, again, it, it's cool to talk about what the person who made Uncharted or is responsible for a lot of Uncharted will mm, give us with yeah. VR. And, again, this going back to a smaller focus team can only be good news. But And, yeah. like, someone who's got such a big focus on narrative driven experience as well like that that yes. seems to be the thing that vr excels in like you know either like fun little party games or like interesting little ideas and quirky ideas or really cool like narrative driven experiences so yeah it'll be interesting to see what she comes up with there um it still sucks that visceral's just, gone <laughs> like that's still well, yeah it still hurts it really sucks and yeah th- i don't think there's ever been anything on the scale of ea's unprecedented mishandling of the Star Wars IP. But oh, at least Amy Handing's going on to better things. And it's also good to see exactly. her, like, wish, wish her colleagues all the best because it's it's easy to assume with all this going on that there may have been some bad blood, but it doesn't sound like there is, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I think, you know, I think when it comes down to it, she probably understands that it's like a, it's maybe not a great one, but it's a business decision when it yeah. comes down to it. Um EA's looking after number one. Exactly, yeah. Like, And, like, I don't blame them, but also... I mean, I don't blame them, but I do, because I just want a cool Star Wars game that isn't a Battlefront, and it just hasn't happened yet. A cool single-player narrative-driven Star Wars game. And and this could could have been Star Wars Uncharted. It's unfair to, to like... It's unfair to pin that label, but it could have been that. But anyway, that's not the discussion. The discussion is that Amy Hennig is moving on and yeah it's exciting times to see what she does with her mm. small studio with vr specifically yeah. especially amy hennig doing indie games equals yes please um <laughs> well I yeah that. And that smaller studios are are the shit right now they're just making the best stuff yeah it's almost like a like a boutique studio uh thing at the moment where just to relate this to something else completely different as well but like uh, in australia a lot of music festivals like those big Big music festivals like Soundwave and Big Day Out and stuff like that. There was a point where there were so many of them and they just weren't financially viable to keep doing that. Uh, And then we've seen recently in the last few years the rise of like the boutique music festival where smaller lineups, maybe like homegrown talent, um, less tickets, all that sort of stuff. Um, There's still a couple of really big events that happen, but... um, a lot of people are, uh, have that opportunity to go to something that might be a little bit more tailored to their their tastes. And um, it's sort of similar here with, like, indie games, you know, uh, and those little tiny studios that I was like, well, let's just do something wild and wacky and crazy. And, and like, I mean, with, like, we talked about Hollow Knight before, but, like, Hollow Knight coming out and being, like, all the best parts of, like, a Metroidvania game and, like, some really all the great influences from, like, a Soulsborne game 
it shouldn't on paper that sounds like an awful idea, but you know, uh, I mean, it just comes together so nicely. It's not that it sounds like an awful idea; it just sounds like an idea where you're like, of course, this has been done. Like this isn't original yeah. or anything, but they just hit it at the park so like so well that it doesn't even matter. Like because they they took those two things and made it their own, and yeah. Again, a lot of these small studios can do stuff like that, and it's exciting. Uh, there's always room for triple A's, and there's always room for indies, and it's absolutely man. The industry's, despite negative things around it, like it's in a good place. Like all you got to do is look at the most recent E3. Like there were good games, absolutely. And again, like games from different pedigrees and and I guess budgets <laughs> and t- sizes of teams, which is interesting. So yeah. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Um, any final comments about uh, Amy Henning? No, that, that's, that really sort of covers uh, the bulk of it. Yeah, just, it's, I'm looking yeah. forward to what this does. Like, what happens because of yeah, this. We, we wish her all the best. Yes. Because I know, yeah, and she definitely listens to us. <laughs> yeah. Big, Amy Henning, big <laughs> fan. Big, big fan, fan of big options. fan. <laughs> Love the dialogue options. Can't get enough. Um, <laughs> anyway, moving on to our next topic for dope or nope showtime uh has officially greenlit a the long-awaited halo tv series uh, and it's being co-produced by uh steven spielberg's uh amblin uh amblin television um nah nope nah that's a nope from me as well i just don't care enough um and it's not i mean i did find yeah it's not just because it's halo like because i do no I do enjoy the stories of like the earlier Halo games and maybe this TV show will be in line with them. But I mean, after Halo 5 Guardians, I never played it personally because I never felt a reason to. But from all I heard about it, it's mm. kind of like, yeah, now let's just uh, step back and maybe take a chill pill. And it seems like Infinite will sort of be refreshing in that regard and maybe the TV show will be yeah. too. But yeah, this story was just sort of, I was like, oh, that thing's finally happening. Cool, I guess. Yeah, it's been like, well, I think the first time we saw it was like 2015, yeah, E3 maybe? It's been years. <laughs> Crazy. But yeah, no, I, I, I'm slightly more interested when I found out uh, yesterday that it's going to be streamed on Stan in Australia. So there's going to be like a streaming service for it already here. Like I said, like um, the partnership was with Showtime and Showtime already mm-hmm. pretty buddy-buddy with Stan after the Twin Peaks revival. So that didn't really surprise me yeah. too much. No, when you said that to me as well, because I was like, oh my God, it's going to be on stand. You were like, yeah, and you said that. And I was like, oh, actually, that makes a whole lot of sense. 100% makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a note. Let's move on. Sorry, right, Halo. Then. Sorry, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Spielberg's not worried, man. He's good. Yeah. He's not a fan of us, that's right. No, nah, he's, he's not, not a fan. fan. He doesn't like us. <laughs> Amy Hennig, yes. Steven Spielberg, Spielberg no. not a fan of us. <laughs> Amy no. Hennig, dope. He's Ste- more of a Spielberg, nope. <laughs> Exactly, yes. Yeah. Steven Spielberg's more of a point-and-click guy, I think. That's... Ah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, next up, Joel, we have an, a new exciting development in the lawsuit between PUBG Corp and Epic Games. <sighs> it's a nope. It's a nope. nope for me. I just don't, okay. I don't care. That's fair. I it's don't a... care. I... It's... Yeah. It almost... It, this, this feels like a dishonest like dope because i'm gonna say dope but not because okay it's genuinely right. exciting just because i mean the, the result of this is PUBG corp has pulled itself out of the lawsuit they're calling it quits they're done they're out and okay. 
honestly, probably the better choice I could have made in the situation. But I mostly wanted to just go back to a time when Silicon Knights was in a, engaged in a lawsuit with Epic uh. and lost and had to have the games they had out there that used the Unreal Engine, which I think at the time were Too Human and X-Men mm-hmm. Destiny or something. Those, to... those old classics, yeah. Yeah, those old classics. So because they lost the lawsuit, Epic was like, yeah, nah, you've lost like Unreal Engine privileges and they had to either mm-hmm. recall all the copies of the games that were out on, stock, on short store shelves and any that they had on them and destroy them. And now yep. Silicon Knights are gone. And Dennis Dyack's out there trying to do yeah. stuff, but yeah, Silicon Knights are no more. And I don't, I'm not saying that this would happen to PUBG, but maybe they looked at the lawsuit and were like, yeah, it's not really worth it. Yeah, I think, I think really, like, this seems like PUBG was like the first on the scene with the Battle Royale, really, to make it like mm. widely popular. I know yes. there were others, <laughs> but it was the one that brought Battle Royale to the masses, basically. Um, it was a, a very niche market before that, and, to be and fair, PUBG Joel, sort of opened it up. We knew it by a different, well, we knew it by another name, even though it's it's a pretty ironic way that we knew it by the other name because we originally knew it by like games that had Hunger Games mods. Hilarious, because obviously True. Hunger Games heavily influenced by Battle Royale. But hey, yes, <laughs> hey, both good movies, both good movies. I like both of them. Battle Royale is a very good movie. It is. Um, but yeah, no, I I think yeah. Even though it's a note from me, just like I, I feel like this feels like PUBG going. Well, we were first, and we want to, we want to share, and now they're seeing that Fortnite's doing so well, like insanely well, like just unbelievably well. Um, like the missile, like there was a missile countdown clock in there recently, like all this living world stuff. It launched finally, and there's like a giant crack in the sky now. Apparently, um, that's that still people are like, I don't know what that's gonna do. What's happening? Joel, you um, are giving this nope a lot of your time. I know, I know. You should, you should have said dope. <laughs> I should have, shouldn't I? <sighs> anyway, I, I just feel like, yeah, it's, it's PUBG just wanted to wanted to put their hat in the ring and, and it wasn't there. They, they realized what they were up against and maybe they need to sort of take a step back and look at what they can do to differentiate themselves from Fortnite. Which apparently the answer was include a battle pass. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Apparently so. Anyway. Um, Next up, Joel. Okay, Next I up. promise. I promise. I promise I'll move on. I'm moving on. Moving on. Okay. Um, so the next one we've got coming up is uh, one of the voice actors for the new uh, Insomniac Spider-Man game coming out in September has uh, potentially let slip the identity of like, you know, one of the, the mysterious villain that we may have been alluded to at the end of the E3 presentation. Um. Yes, it's not surprising, but I mean, what do you say, Kyrie? Uh, Joel, I, I say nope. But nope. Do the math. Yeah. Go back and watch that trailer. Yeah. And you know who it is. You know who that missing villain is. I purposely didn't read this story. It's a note for me as well. I purposely didn't read this story. Uh, you know who it is. <laughs> it's I had to read it because you brought it up, and I was like, oh, "I guess I'll look into it." And I was like, "No, oh, it is okay." Um, but yeah, it's uh, the other reason. The reason I say nope is because I don't want to. There may be some people out there that aren't that well versed that are excited for this game, and they don't know about it. So, I mean, I'm not. I feel like it's a still a, it's still a spoiler, even if it's not surprising. I wouldn't say I'm well versed in Spider Man, but 
when I think of Spider-Man villains, there's one I think yeah, of. true. But it's not Venom. Yeah. It isn't Venom. Don't yeah. worry about um, that. <laughs> we definitely saw... We saw five five uh, villains. And <laughs> we, saw, we sure did. <laughs> but, um, okay, fair we enough. We saw that's five villains. Yeah, but it's a no. Moving on. Moving on. Um, right. What's our last one, Kyron? Uh, or so second next, last one. Next up, we got a little check-in from our old mate... Tetsuya Nomura from Square Enix. Oh my god, yeah. He believes that a couple of their games may have been announced too early. It's a nope from me because no shit. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a nope That's... from me, even though I don't think Kingdom Hearts 3 was announced too early, but 7 no, Remake okay, definitely was. <laughs> Far too early. Far too early. They may have, they should have like settled on an actual team they wanted working on it. And being comfortable with that before they announced anything. It's their reasoning. I can see their reasoning. Like you can track down the articles and the quotes and all that. But yeah, seven remake should have been announced much later. But anyway, it's a nope. Yep. Nope. Moving on. Sorry, Nomura. Um, Still excited for King Master 3. I'm still working my way through one. Getting back to it. Um, All right. So our last one, I got a, uh, uh, I've been, when we had the idea of doing Dope or Nope, um, you brought up the the idea of like, what if it's a quiet week for news? So um, my idea is I like just basically taking to Reset Era because there's always a, a whole bunch of different, like really interesting threads that aren't just like news stories on Reset Era. Um, and almost like little mini games, like a la the, uh, the, the Easy Allies and things like that. Um, and I saw this one pop up and I'm like, this actually might be a, a lot of fun to do on the show. So... Basically, uh, the original poster uh, of this on on Reset Era is uh, Float On, uh, and he the basically the, the topic of the thread is what other faces on your indie Mount Rushmore. So he says here like that he goes in and says the thread is simple: pick four iconic characters from indie games you feel best represent. What indies are all about? Whatever that means to you, uh, and bonus points for explaining why. So I thought we could go through and make our like dialogue options Mount Rushmore of of indie games that we feel like I guess represent what we feel about indie games or, or indie games as a whole. What say you, Kyron? I'll say I'll give I'll give you this one. I'll I'll, I'll chuck a dope on it. You give me a dope. Oh, okay, good. Thank you. I'm so glad you did. I was worried. I was like, I hope he likes it. Otherwise. <laughs> I'll just be like, oh, but I just, okay, it's fine. Everything's fine. There's me, like, rattling off, like, I've got, I've got a minute to rattle off and explain my four characters. Like, that, that that's what, how it would have gone down otherwise. If either of us could do it, it would be you. Like, not me, but you could definitely it's do true. it. That's true. That's true, I guess. Um, all right, so what 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 are your suggestions, Kyle? What do you think we could we could pop up there? Big stone faces. We've got four big stone faces to, to work with. I mean, my first one is a very easy one. It's a very obvious one. Will be Shovel Knight mm-hmm. from Yacht Club Games. Yep. Like hundred percent. The game is an amazing throwback to the old days of Mega Man and other such, you know, tough platforming games. But also puts enough of Absolutely. a spin on it to make it feel unique and modern. And yes, it's just so full of personality. And Yacht Club are just one of the best devs out there at the moment. Like they they set themselves a lot of goals in that Kickstarter and it's taken time Mm -hmm. it's taken time but they have met most of them I think there's only a couple more to go and then they're done that's exciting it's been 
it's been pretty decently like spaced out as well. Like it's not like it's been ta- it's taking years and years and years like in between breaks. It's been pretty consistent with their updates, which is great. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, no, I I agree. I think that's a that's a lock. I think we put yeah, Shovel Knight up there. I thought you might agree as well. I was like, look, we'll get him out of the way first because we know he's going to be on there. Nice easy one to kick it off. Um, awesome. Uh, well, I okay. So I'm going to bring something a little different. Um, there are uh-huh. obvious answers that we that I thought might be the way to go, but my first suggestion would be Hyperlight Drifter. Okay. Because, because, uh, it's, I feel like the game itself is amazing. It's solid. It's got amazing art style. The, the gameplay is really great. It's tough as nails. Um, the music in it's beautiful, but the thing I think that kicks it over the edge, especially, is the behind-the-scenes stuff with the developer of the game. Um, in terms of like everything that he went through uh, making this game, essentially, in his own personal life. Uh, and I think that is a real testament to, to indie games as a whole, as to putting, no matter what life is throwing at you, like you have so much passion and love for this this project that you're working on that you want to see it released and brought out into the world. And I think that's really great. Uh, a really great sentiment and a really great story behind it. There's actually a, um, a vice documentary about it as well. I think it's like a 15, 20 minute documentary. That's really great to watch. Um, so that's my, my feelings why I feel like it should be up there as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you definitely make some good points and it's true. Like the, what that developed, what that particular indie dev went through, I think mm-hmm. Alex something is his name. I'm pretty sure. I feel really yeah, bad. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm honestly going to look it up. Yeah, he's, that's a good point. I was about to do the same. Um, he, it was going to kill me otherwise. I was like, oh, he's um, I think it's is it Alex Preston because his his Twitter account is literally Heart Machine Z, which is if you know exactly. if you've seen the the uh, the doco, but um yeah yep. he yeah Hyper Drift is a very it's, good game. I'm going to double dip when that comes to Switch for sure. Yes, done. Me too. It's been a long, long be enough a time for me to play it again. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I think Heart, okay. Heart Machine is also the name of the, the his dev yeah. company. As yes, well. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. But like, which is yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's so he, good. Like for like all the, for everything he's gone through, like that game is so good, and his mm-hmm. hard work, like it paid off for sure. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think that's why. It uh, it definitely embodies the spirit of indie games, and, and you know what, like Joel? Be up there. What? There's there's definitely a few indie games coming out, or that have come out, that are very similar in style to Hyperlight Drifter. Yes, it's been very influential as well. You could say, um, yeah, lots of like mark. like neon soaked color palettes and things, yeah, uh, and that sort of like eight bits throwback style as well. Um, cool. Uh, all right, we got we got two. We got two left to play with though, Kyron. What's your what's your next suggestion? So, I've got a few bouncing okay. around in my head, but I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you a curveball. Now, this okay. game is, right. I, in my opinion, this game is technically indie, even though it was being made as part of a partnership with a platform holder. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that game is Journey. Oh, good By call. that game company. Now, regardless of my current feelings towards them for me just <laughs> wanting to play their new game, and apparently they hate me, and when I put it on iOS, that's fine. But right. nothing will change just the like the two... Uh, like, 
Journey is like a game you can download, play for two hours, and it's a joy. That game is beautiful. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack by yeah. Austin Wintory is incredible. The visuals are just like I still have vivid memories of like going down the sand dunes while the sunset is setting, like over the hills, and like getting down into the dark, cold air. Oh man, that game is good. Yeah, it's and very good. Spectacular. Again, it was made like that game company was on a contract with Sony at that time, but still, it was predominantly done by that game company, and it's just yeah. it's, it's so good. Yeah, I look, I I I agree, Karen. I'm, I I think that's a, a good. It's one of those games that sort of brought, like, those small scale experiences, uh, to the forefront as well. Like it was that in that time where there was not a lot out like that, and the things that were out like that, that were like that were also from that game company. Yeah, in terms were. of like flow and flower, like yeah, it's, both of those, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, but Journey was the one that was sort of like cracked the mainstream and like a lot of people, I had it's like a someone from work the other day, yeah, exactly, someone from work the other day was like, hey, I'm thinking about playing this new game, I'm thinking about getting like, I want a new game to play, something like small scale and stuff like that, and I'm thinking about like getting Journey and I might do it, 100%. It, it, it'll take you like two hours, like you said, to get through. Um, the magic and, and, and sensation of having like when you encounter someone else there as well, and have just like you know chirping yeah. away at each other and I that sort know. of stuff. It's that mm. would be my concern. I don't know how active that is right now, but I do know they have a yearly thing. I'm pretty sure when they come back to it. I can't remember when that is though. But uh, okay, yeah, like but like yeah, running into a stranger and like not knowing who yep. they are until you finish the game is just incredible. Yeah, like yeah, there were times playing that game for the first like for the early years we would just be. You'd be adventuring through some of the more dangerous later parts of the game, and you'd lose sight mm-hmm. of your buddy, and you're like, "Shit, where are they? I need them." Yep, yep. No, no one gets left behind. This emotional attachment to another player, another human player, but you have no idea who they are, what they sound like, what type of person they are. All yep. you know is that they can communicate with you the same way um, you can communicate with them, and, and you can like chirp, little chirps, and your chirps yeah. can restore each other's scarves. And in the cold parts, yes. to keep each other warm. Yep, it's yeah, it's so good. No, yeah, Journey's I, an incredible game. I think it's a, that's a good that's a good pick. I think they need to go up there. That would look sweet as well, having like the the Journey Wanderer. And there's something special there about that. like going through and getting all the glyphs and going back as one of the white cloaks and sort of being like mm-hmm. a sherpa, helping people out, showing them where they are. It's just cool. Yep, it's a cool game. It's a it, it, it sort of like you know mustered a, a cool community around around yes. that game it's really awesome yeah that game company no nope, that's good put your new game on a goddamn console so i can play it <laughs> well it's breaking it, my I heart mean, like, but it, you're right though i think it does deserve a spot up there because i think one of the other important parts about the indie game scene is community and like other developers helping each other out and like doing crossovers and fans of those games sort of rallying around those devs and like making those people in in a good way, but like feel like rock stars almost. It's, you know, they, they, yeah. they feel like these people that they're, they're known names to those people in those communities and they're loved people. Um, and I think it's a good embodiment of that in, in journey. So yes. good pick. Good pick. All right. We have one more slot left. And I, I like to think they've so, been pretty varied so far in a way. I think so. I think they've been pretty varied. Um, I look. 
Okay, so what have we got? We've got High Blood Drifter, we've got Shovel Knight, we've got uh, Journey. Yep. Oh boy, there's so many I could pull from here. There's so um, many. Like the pool is nearly bottomless. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like a lot of them are very good. Like, I'd like to put up something like Enter the Gungeon, but that's a personal taste thing. And I don't think it did. It just sort of built on Binding of Isaac, which again was a big thing, but I don't think it deserves a spot up there. Um, I don't know if it, I don't think it did. It's not that it doesn't deserve a spot up there. I just think there might be other games that are more, I guess, uh, important to be up there, I guess from similar team anyway. Um, there are so many good indie I games want, out there, Joel. I want to pick between... Look, it's between... Regardless of my feelings about the game as well, about like Super Meat Boy. Um, okay. Or Hollow Knight. Because I know Hollow Knight is a bit of an interesting choice because we're, we're, we're sort of just like discovering it and loving it now for the first time. But I honestly have this feeling when I play that game that it is a game that I will be talking about for years to come. Um, I also think, like, it was announced this week, I think Hollow Knights has now sold, like, 250k on Switch. Mm-hmm. That's so yep. good. In, like, it came out, like, a couple of weeks, weeks ago. Good God. Yeah. That's um, madness. Yeah. Um, and, and also, it's an Australian team as well. So Exactly. Like, you know, South Australian Aussie, team. Aussie like, it's crazy. But as much as like my, my my argument for Meat Boy is that it was one of the ones that made sort of indie games like a household. It's true. It, it made it made the genre. You can yeah. there's a very good documentary called Indie Game the Movie, which sort of goes into a lot of that stuff. It also has uh, Phil Fish with Fez mm-hmm. and yep. Jonathan Blow with Braid, as well mm-hmm. as Team Meat with Meat Boy. And yeah, you can. It, it's a very interesting watch to sort of see the process of getting your indie game ready. And getting it out onto the marketplace, yep. and of course they had like deals with Xbox, and that sort of touches on like them not getting a, a marketplace spot and all that sort of stuff. It's really interesting, and you yeah. are very like accurate and, and true there. Like Meat Boy was especially especially with consoles because that was back when Xbox was just kicking off the live arcade stuff, wasn't it? And it was sort of just yep, yeah, poster boy for and it. Th- it was it was like the, it was like the seeds being planted for like ID and Xbox as well. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Oh, this is a because, tough like, pick, Joel. It's a tough choice. Yeah. Oh. Mm. I mean, because as much as I love Meat Boy, and I love Meat Boy. I know. I, I, yeah. It's as, a great as an As an overall game, I really like Hollow Knight. But, I don't know, it's tough. <laughs> it's, uh, alright, let's look at this, uh, at this, like, logistically, though. So, what does Hollow Knight bring to the table in terms of like representing indie games as a whole? Is there is there anything that really stands out to you uh, that just makes it worthy of being up there? Uh, it's got a very unique style, if nothing else, mm-hmm. hand drawn. Like it looks incredible. The hand drawn stuff as well, yeah, is, is is um is a big draw card. Oh man, does does Carpet count as indie? Oh fuck, dude! Why'd you say that? Oh, you've thrown a spanner in the works, Kyron. Can we have five? Uh, <laughs> can we have five? We've got one that tacked on the end. Oh, no. Do they count? Like, they do, don't they? Do they technically they count? They do. MDHR are an indie studio. Yeah. It's just that Microsoft gave them the money to... Very similar to Journey, I think. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, shit, man. Oh, <laughs> fuck. 
And also, Cuphead would look awesome on, like, carved out, like, giant Cuphead carved out of stone. Would look fucking awesome. Um, I'm looking, I'm thinking aesthetically about it as well. Oh, look. Look. I think... I honestly think we need to give it to Meat Boy. Because I do think that... I Look, I... Oh no! Now hang on, I, like, but I, okay, I, hang on, hang on, hang on, yeah. hang on, hang on, reel okay. back. Okay, okay. So, okay, all right. Is this like this is our Mount Rushmore, right? This isn't like this is, in, uh, in, in, okay. this is not in respect to like the indie game industry because I tell you what, it would be very different okay. if it was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. It does say like the 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 post does say like that you feel best represents what indies are all about. So, oh man, even still, even still between Cuphead and Hollow Knight. Oh no. <laughs> the love and detail that's put into Cuphead is just phenomenal. And I, I do like to listen to video game soundtracks, but like not super intensively. But the Cuphead soundtrack is fucking sensational like just absolutely sensational so is the Hollow Knight oh, one so is the Hollow Knight one god damn it Matt let's give it to Hollow Knight oh. that's my my vote my vote's for Hollow Knight oh. Australian represent we've got to represent the Australians here and like <laughs> the fact that they went from like the, the, this like small Australian team made this game uh, again from like a Kickstarter and from going from that those early beginnings to being Literally on stage at the Nintendo Treehouse event at E3 this year, presenting Hollow Knight for the Switch. Like that's that's it was a, crazy. That's a great. That's a great. Like you know, I get you know for lack of a better word, rags to riches story, I guess. But yeah, and and also combined with the fact that, um, uh, yeah, like you said, in the last two weeks, it's already sold two hundred and fifty thousand units on on the Switch. So that's bonkers. Um. But Cuphead is just, it is just a phenomenal game. We might need um, to build like a, a smaller second Mount Rushmore. Yeah, yeah. The, the, it's, it's, on the, it's on the reverse side. It's the, the back side, yeah. Chuck four um, more heads up yeah. there. It's all right. No, like, yeah, honorable mentions to Cuphead and, and, and uh, Super Meat Boy. That's, yeah. And Gold Story, you know, just chuck that in there. Another Australian team, Sidebar Games. And Undertale and Endless, and Undertale. List, endless oh. lists of like, indie There's games. the other four there. There's the other four there. <laughs> done. All right, cool. Actually, done. I probably wouldn't put Gold Story up. I wouldn't put Gold Story up. There, oh, I, think. I okay. do. I love it. If it was my own very personal one, just of games that I like, then yeah, sure, hundred percent. But I think yeah, the other games are a bit more important than that. As much as I hate to say it, oh, but it is so good though. Anyway, um, well, that was a bit of fun. I liked yeah. that. That was good. It was good. I really enjoyed that. Um. Cool. Uh, well, that's about it for our uh, for our our uh, dope or nope segment this week. So, uh, if you liked it, let us know. If you like the format, we'll um. If you thought it was we'll dope or to... nope, <laughs> exactly. Give us just send us a like single tweet just with dope or nope, and dope we'll understand. Or nope. 
We'll if we get, get two, it. if we we'll, get two we'll, nopes, then I guess like I don't know. Do we use get <laughs> rid of it and do something else? <laughs> we have to do. We have to. We do the same thing, but we just change the words. We need to find two more like yes and no like rhyming but, words. Oh god, okay, that'll be tough. But I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Uh, I can't think. I was like racking my brain. Then I was like, ah, uh, um, um. No, nah, I've got nothing. Mm-hmm. I've got nothing. Anyway, lots of fun. Okay, Kyron, so we're nearing the end of the show now, but uh, we've checked in with our quest log and what we've been playing. Uh, we've uh, we've had our first inaugural, like, normal run of uh, of Dope or Nope, which I think went pretty well. And uh, I think there's only one thing left to do, and that's the question segment. But uh, I think things are going to be a little bit different this time. We're going to go into the bonus round. Bonus round. Thank you for your uh, uh, your gasp of uh, of awe there, Kyron. <laughs> Building hype, Shock I like it. Yeah, it was great. Of I surprise. Love it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, bonus round is going to be the new uh, way we do our questions. It's pretty much just a question segment with a shiny new name, um, much like our our, our quest log is with our what we've been playing. But uh, we thought we'd spruce it up a little bit. And as you heard there, we've got spit shine. Bit of a spit. Bit of the old spit shine, and uh, but as you heard there too, we got a nice little uh, bumper in there as well, which is really cool. Um, I've worked pretty hard on all those. I'm very proud of them. Just to, again, blow my own horn a little bit. Um, I, I'm pretty happy with how they turned out. So again, if you like them, let us know. We'd love to hear your feedback. Um, but we've got a few questions to get through this week in this week's bonus round. Starting off with one from Mr. Broderick Gordes himself, uh, co-host of the. Hunting Seasons podcast, um, which is if you like uh, watching television shows and you like hearing people talk about them, um, then uh, Broad and his co-host Damask are your go-to guys. Uh, honestly, I I think I described this to, to Broad the other day when I was talking to him, that uh, his show is almost like a show that if I didn't know who he was and I'd stumbled across it, it's the type of show I would try and force my friends to listen to. But um, it doesn't have the same effect when, you know, it's your friends who are running it, so um, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's a really great show. They're, they're, the way they set their show is really great. They have an off-topic, hot-topic segment at the start where they sort of like run down some entertainment news from all different varying degrees, uh, and then they do a spoiler-free and then a full in-depth spoilers uh, review of whatever season of television they're working on that week. Uh, I believe the most recent one they've done was Westworld, I think, season two of Westworld. I don't know if that one's out yet. The last one that that, that I remember seeing up is um, Killing Eve season one, so um, which I really need to watch because every time every time I hear about it, it sounds really interesting. So um, to check that one out some point. Uh, but yeah, go and show them some love. Their their show is amazing. I really really do uh, like listening to them, and they know their shit very very well, and, and they know what they're talking about. So. If you want to hear some really good, uh, interesting hot takes on uh, television series, uh, seasons of television, then go and check out Hunting Seasons uh, on all the various um, forms of uh, podca- uh, like podcasting services and things like that. Um, cool. But Brod asks us this week, what has been your favorite reboot or reimagining of a game series, uh, i.e. DMC or Bionic Commando type reboots? Ooh, Okay. Not those two. Not those two. No, no. 
uh, not those two. Not those two. Uh, definitely. Uh, Can n- confirm. Ninja Theory have moved on to bigger and better things now, so it's it's fine. Absolutely. Hellblade um, is incredible, but yeah. DMC was not. Yeah. Not in um, my opinion. I know every player have ever liked it. I apologize, but didn't like it. Yeah, I, I liked what I played of it, but again, I don't have a connection to the series, so it was like this is a fun game. Um. Yeah. Okay. So. Ooh, reboots. Mm. I scoured lists, Joel. Yeah. I scoured lists looking for the reboots, and there's been a lot of really good ones that okay. that aren't my pick for this, but I just want to give them little special name drops because I think that if you are. If you, I don't know, I think if you want to try one of these franchises out, but the reboots are a really good way to get into them. Yeah. So there's a couple that come to mind. Tomb Raider's one of them, when that got brought back by Crystal Dynamics back yeah. last gen. Good call. It's pretty brutal for for, for poor Lara Croft, but it's a very good game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Especially uh, in like it, in like the height of like Uncharted um, yeah. like excitement. It was like a lot of people did look at it and go, oh, it's just another Uncharted game. But I think it does enough that differentiates itself from the Uncharted series. It was a game. Really it was a game that was pretty long, but it never felt like it. Like I never was getting bored. I was like, oh wow, that was 15 hours. Yep. Nice. Like I didn't care. Like sometimes you can, you'll get to like 10 hours in a game. You're like, yeah, this could probably start wrapping up now. Yeah. Honestly, I do feel that for the Uncharted game. Sometimes it's okay. just like, you can end like it's this chapter didn't need to happen, but yeah, true. Tomb Raider. I, it felt pretty good, like pretty well paced for the entire time through. Yeah. Uh, second game wasn't too crazy on a third game's not blowing me away, but that reboot, very good, very good experience. Yeah, cool. Um, I, my, like my, my contribution, I would say would be maybe Fallout 3. So I know it's like a numbered entry into the series and like, it's a, it's a sequel essentially, but it plays vastly different to what one and two do. And I think they sort of reimagined it, re-release it. And I think that was a lot of people's. I mean, it was mine as well, like first entry into the Fallout universe. So um, it made it a little bit more accessible as well uh, and a little bit more console friendly, I guess. So they could release it on a whole bunch of different uh, consoles and, and platforms. Um, Albeit a little bit broken. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Like it's it's not a perfect game, but I think it's a really good... It is a, If you, you've always been interested in that kind of world, that three is the one to get into it, I think, is uh, definitely a, a safe bet. Uh, there's only one correct answer though, and okay. that answer is Metroid Prime. Now, yeah, good call, Metroid Metroid Prime. I, it was one of those ones where I was thinking, like, like reboot. You know, I was like, oh, I'm not so sure to reboot, but he did say reimagining. Uh-huh. And boy, did Metroid Prime perform a miracle by first of all coming from a studio who I'd never heard of in retro, mm-hmm. a Western studio working with a Nintendo IP taking a side-scrolling, like, platformer shooter game yep, and turning it into a first-person shooter adventure game that doesn't lose out on the exploration. Like, those worlds are still massive and fun to explore. Oh, yeah. The game's packed with awesome logs and laws coming out the wazoo. <laughs> and it just, it still felt like a Metroid game. Yeah. And that's, to, to this day, a shock. It's a shock that that, that even happened. And yep. that retro is now like one of the most hype studios Nintendo has under their wing right now. Yes, yeah, we, we, I'd love to know what they're working on, but well, Star Fox Grand Prix apparently. Yeah, apparently, I'd like to hear more about it. Please, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, I'd really like to hear more about it. But yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good one. I think that's uh, 
it's similar to like the Fallout Three thing as well. They they took an existing franchise and like breathed new life into it uh, and brought it to a lot more people that may not have uh, heard about or gotten into originally, and then retroactively from that gone back and played through some of the things in the series. So yeah, because when you when you think about it, like Samus didn't even appear under sixty four. Like she skipped the Nintendo sixty four entirely. Yeah, from Super Nintendo. She was quiet until GameCube. She was de- with Metroid Prime. Technically, she was in Super Smash Brothers, but I mean, technically, yes. <laughs> that's not that's not a Metroid game. It's a fighting game. So no, yeah, she didn't get her own her own new game until the GameCube, and I think yeah, it was a a good like relaunch of that franchise. It kickstarted, it kickstarted like a golden age for Metroid again because obviously the Prime series became a trilogy, mm-hmm. and like around the same time as Prime dropped, we also got Fusion. And then that yes. also led us to get Zero Mission, a remake of the first one. Obviously, then the series went on a bit of hiatus again after Other M, but it's coming back with none other than Metroid Prime again. So yeah, and that Samus speaks to the power well. of that name. Yeah, yeah, Samus Returns as well. But like the announcement they led with was like a logo. But I think it's yeah. just interesting that like yeah, we know nothing about Metroid Prime Four, but yep. what we do know is it having Metroid Prime in your name. It gives us certain expectations, and that just shows that that, that those two words. Yes. Yep. yep. Give us give us the collection on the Switch, please. That would be great. <laughs> I wish. I want to play it again. I'll I'd really like to play it. One, two, three. I'll buy it a fourth time. <laughs> fourth time. I was trying to think because I've got it. On, I've got it on GameCube. Yep. I've got it in the the trilogy collection for Wii, mm-hmm. and then I also repurchased the trilogy collection on Wii U. Yep, I would buy it a fourth time. <laughs> I'm oh man, I I've only bought it once or twice, so it'd be like a second or third time for me. But yeah, I'm definitely keen to go back to it. Um, but yeah, I think what the touching back on Bethesda as well. I think in terms of things like uh, reimaginings, uh, things like Doom, which definitely sort of brought that th- uh, throwback shooter, like like first person shooter genre into the forefront again and sort of made it modern but still didn't lose out on what made doom fun um and then in a similar vein like the wolfenstein the new order and subsequently um uh the new colossus which i think is i think is better but we wouldn't have had the new colossus if we didn't have the foundations with the new order um bringing out like a a a, a game based around like killing nazis and hunting down mecha hitler and all that kind of stuff uh and then but and like a character that had like a name that was in like the readme file essentially and all that we knew about him was like the tiny little icon down the bottom of the screen uh and then making them uh like a fleshed out character that people actually have an emotional attachment to is pretty spectacular so it is you you are not wrong mm, it's a good pick yeah so i think those are probably the two like those two are the two of the best that I've played uh, in recent memory, but I think yeah, Fallout Three in there as well, and like you said with the Metro Prime series, like that yeah, Metro Prime itself is a yeah, it, it had it brought back Metroid exactly, and, and it against all odds as well because people like when at first those first screenshots came out oh, in trailers, yeah, like, people were like, "What the fuck are you doing to Metroid?" Um, I think people panicked when they found out that it was being developed outside of Nintendo. People were like, what yeah. the hell? This yeah. isn't like Nintendo IPs almost like, always stay in house. But yep. I mean, Nintendo also just doesn't really know what to do with Metroid. Yeah. It's not a game that sells well in Japan. So, like, this is one of those gambles that just really paid off for them. Yep. 
Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that was a fun little discussion there. Thank you for your question, Brod. Um, yeah, that was really great. Uh, moving on to our next question, we have one from the one, the only, the man himself, Mr. Sean Kirkpatrick. Wonderful human being, lovely person, good friend of ours, and uh, also the uh, the the person behind all of our graphic design work and all of the uh, all of the wonderful drawings and 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 artwork that he has done for us as well has been so sensational, and we we love him dearly for it. Um, I swear to God, we'll have you on the show soon. I swear to God, it's happening. It's going to happen. Um, but Sean asks us this week: In the current gaming landscape, have you ever had the realization of, man, I'm old? Uh, and his example is me getting my ass kicked by thirteen-year-olds in Fortnite. Um, yeah, that's a pretty good one to start off with, I guess. You know, For, that that would be my example. Like yeah. when I when I played Fortnite, like closer to when it was first released, I was just like, oh. Oh yeah, yeah no. Like, oh no, these people are half I... my age, and they are much better than me. Yeah, yeah, much better. Um, yeah, I, I, that's a, that's a really good one. Like, I, I had a, a moment the other day where I played with one of my workmates and his ten-year-old nephew, who was infinitely better at the game than I was and understood it more than I did. And I'm like, I felt like an old man over here, going, "What, what am I doing?" Uh, and they're like, "No, you need to hit at this point here so you can get more materials." And I'm like, "Oh, what? Okay." And I was getting so flustered. Um, <laughs> trying to to learn. Yeah, I was one hundred percent. Yeah, I was out of my element one hundred percent. Um, I have one where uh, recently I was playing, uh, or I was hanging out with uh, Ash's family, my wife's family, uh, and one of her nephews um has just started like, I think from like people at school, like his friends at school, have started realizing about things like Minecraft and Pokemon. Actually, Pokemon Go came from, um his mum playing Pokemon Go a lot and him playing along with her. So he knows what Pokemon are now and he has favorites and all that sort of stuff. Um, but there was a moment where they, they came to visit us and we went out for dinner and I happened to have my switch in my bag and Mario Kart with me. And I sort of said, do you want to, do you want to play some, some video games? And he was like, yeah, cool. That'd be awesome. So we sat down while we waited for dinner and I gave him a joy con and put on the uh, auto assist mode and, and, um, all, all the assists and things that Mario Kart 8 has, and we played a couple of rounds of Mario Kart at the table, and it made me feel old, but in a good way, because I was like, I remember when someone did that for me, when I sat down and, and someone was like, do you want to have a go at this? And have never looked back since, and it was just a really great memory that I have um, that sort of like got refreshed by like me being the person on the other side of that. Um, and yeah, so I felt very old. I'm like, man, I'm old, but it wasn't in a bad way. It, it sort of, you know, it warmed my heart quite a lot. Um, the next generation, exactly. Games. Yeah, we're we're hopefully going to get him a, a 2ds for Christmas, maybe. Getting some Lego. It's a good pick. Like, yeah. All the games on 2d on on the DS. It's got a great library for the 3ds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a lot of like really great uh, existing games that are aimed at the younger market as well. Like a lot of the Lego games. I'm are pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Minecraft is on there for yeah. the the new systems as well, not for the like the original ones, like the two DS or three DS. I think on the new ones though, it's compatible. Right. Yeah. I think. I could be wrong. Man, that's well. That's another one too. Like Minecraft, seeing kids take just to Minecraft <laughs> and just uh, building things that I could not even fathom, like walking around in Minecraft. It's just it's sensational to see. It's 
So yeah, I think my my memories and like, of- and, and like rat- rattling off like all the stuff from the new updates, and I'm just yes. sort of like, huh? Yeah, bad. What underwater temples and guardians? Yep. Like, mm-hmm. I definitely know what you're talking about. Good, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. But yeah, like it's crazy. It's crazy to think we are in that that stage now where we're like, oh, we, we're. I remember when I used to play, and you know. That that kind of mentality can make you feel a little bit old, but I, it also it makes you you feel pretty happy um, to have been able to experience future, things. Man. Yeah, games just keep getting better. Yeah, they really do. And more accessible to people as well, which is yes, fucking great. <laughs> For lack of better words, it's just, it's great. <laughs> it's so great. I love it so much. Um, yeah. Any other any other mo- uh, moments that spring to mind, Karen? Uh, look, you could, you could almost just say any time you play a multiplayer game because I mean, on, I honestly do get it in sometimes in Overwatch. Yeah, true. I assume very younger kids playing now. It's like, well, you are much quicker at this than I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, yeah, that's probably the most prevalent one. But like you said, the the general consensus, and yeah, thinking about Minecraft is a huge one as well. Just like yeah. the just the way they li- just list off all this stuff, and I just don't understand. I just don't. I haven't played Minecraft probably in a year. Yeah, maybe more. Yeah, so. The stuff added to that is just crazy. And, like, yeah, the fact that it's used as a teaching, like, yes, tool now as well. Like, it's just bonkers. But, yeah. Oh, well, thank you very much, Sean, for your question and making us feel very old. Um, It was great. <laughs> Cheers. Lovely. Thanks, man. Good good work. But, um, no, it was, a, it was a really good question. Um, It was. Good little topic of conversation there. Rounding out our bonus round for questions this week is Mr. Pat, Pat Tomahawk himself, Pat Tomlinson, a uh, friend of ours that we've made friends with through uh, the Point and Click, formerly OK Games guys. He's a big fan of their work, and we sort of got to know him through uh, various Twitch stream chats and uh, interactions on Twitter. Um, and, yeah, he's a genuinely nice guy. Um, and I, 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 can't, I can't bring myself to, to bring up the whole crash thing with him because... I know he definitely... And yet, lo- there you go. He loves Crash a lot, and I do bag it out a lot, but, I mean, everyone has their flaws. You do, like... Everyone has their flaws, it's fine. No, is I, that your flaw? Yeah, my flaw is that I hate Crash Bandicoot, yeah. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Pat. I'm very sorry, but I still think you're a good person, so double thumbs up there. <laughs> um, Pat asks us this week, what are your thoughts on Battlefield getting a Royale mode? I think they're just jumping on the hype that is the Battle Royale scene, just like to know if you think it will be as popular as PUBG or Fortnite. Um, interesting question. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be as popular, to be honest. I don't think anything can be. Like, <laughs> yeah. the whole PUBG and Fortnite thing, to, to go back to Sean's question, reminds me of Minecraft. Like, Minecraft exploded. Yeah. And there were other games that sort of, not that copied it, but there have been plenty of Minecraft-like games that mm-hmm. obviously just sort of fell to the wayside. And yeah, like PUBG and Battle Royale, like Fortnite, Battle Royale, just, I don't understand. Like, it's just lightning in a bottle. I do think they will have some advantages with the brand power of being Call of Duty and Battlefield. But True, yeah. Those games have other modes as well, so I just... Like these, these other two games thrive off battle royale, and exactly. 
it kind of is who they are. Sorry, Fortnite, save the world edition, but I don't think you're really important <laughs> or relevant anymore. No, I Awkward. don't. It's it's a bit weird. Um, but yeah, I, I no, that's a good point. I think that uh, I think that they'll be popular, and I think that people will sort of get a kick out of them for depending on how they implement them. Because I mean, we've not seen anything from either of them really in action. No. Um, we have we we've seen like snippets of like the building in Battlefield. Like oh the, yeah. Like, but yeah. like that's that's as close as we've gotten. Like we, we know nothing else really. And that doesn't seem specific to that particular mode either. Like I think that's going to be a no, mechanic no, no, no. within the game itself. So yes, it is. It's mm. a, it's but it is also a mechanic that made me think that yeah, Battlefield's going to get a battle royale mode for sure. Yeah, yeah, and they already have the player count there. Like they they exactly they pride themselves on their their sixty four player battles, which was an impressive feat until things like PUBG and Fortnite came out and were like hundred people. Um, so. Yeah, it's just sort of they've got to up the player count, remove like respawns and things like that. Um, they've already got the giant sprawling maps and all that sort of stuff. I, yeah, I think they're going to be popular for a little while. I think people, like I said, will get a kick out of them for like a week or two. But I think the the regular multiplayer modes will be the the, the bread and butter that people go to those games for still. It's tough because I really just the reason I think that both of these other games already work is because they are their own things and. It's unclear how both EA and Activision will handle their battle royale, like you know, modes. Mm-hmm. But if they are bundled with the game and not separate, like it almost puts an expiration date on them. Yeah, but absolutely. If they, if one of them is able to break out as a standalone thing, and like maybe it just comes packaged with this game, but it exists on its own then maybe, mm-hmm. but yeah, like, the, the advantages that Fortnite and PUBG have from being their own things, it's like, look, we can just keep updating this. We don't have to worry about a sequel pushing things forward, like, and that's just why I think they'll always have the advantage, and plus they were just lightning in a bottle out the gate. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. But you talk about brand recognition with, like, uh, Call of Duty and, and uh, Battlefield, but, like, I mean, the brand recognition's already there with Fortnite and PUBG, with when you think about Battle Royale, they are the two that you think of. There's nothing else that really springs yeah, to mind. It's, so it's this weird sort of like middle ground. Sc- it also sort of depends on like the state of those two games when these other games drop. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to imagine that both PUBG and Fortnite will be trying to counter that now they know that both of these games have these modes coming because, I don't know, like maybe someone's a little bit bored of yeah. Fortnite when COD drops and you're like, ah, oh, you know what? I'll try it out and see how it is. Yeah. And then maybe that hooks them. Like, so I assume that these other two guys are now like, okay, cool. When these games come out, let's have something going on. Keep our players engaged so they don't have to think about other Battle Royale games. And then it won't really matter, ultimately. Well, I have full faith that, that Epic are going to be doing that because they're already doing that. Oh, like, yeah. They're already, like, constantly updating the map and having, like, actual real-time changes that happen within the world of that one map. Yes, it's um, crazy. But still makes it feel fresh, like adding things, removing things, destroying things. Um, they still feel... Uh, it still feel, makes the game feel fresh without having to actually... I'm not trying to downplay this, but without actually having to do a whole lot, um, which is great. Uh, th- there is the, the rumor kicking around, though, that... that Call of Duty's blackout mode will be a separate thing anyway. There's a lot of people speculating that as well. So I think you're right. I think though. it makes sense. Like I mm. I think that's how you do it if you're doing a battle. You don't you don't make it part of the game. Yep. 
you might release it alongside it, but it has to sort of be its own thing. Yeah. Or like you get, say you buy Call of Duty World War Two. That's the one this year, isn't it? No, that was last year's. Yeah, you mean Black Ops 1 Black one, Ops, one, one. yeah, Black Ops 1111, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so if you buy that, you get like a, I don't know, skins bonus for, or like gun skins for the multiplayer mode that they release alongside, or the, um, the Battle Royale mode they release I say, alongside I, it. I assume, because, I mean, we don't even know if they're going to be done at launch, honestly. True. Like, they might just come with codes down the line. Yeah, True. It's all, it's, yeah, it's, like, it's going to be very, interesting. yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out because like it used to be like, you know, that the epic showdown between Battlefield and Call of Duty at the end of the year. But now there's these other little factors that are just sort of sitting there under the surface. Um, and the fact that they've both announced that they are doing Battle Royale modes, it's, yeah, going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. But I hope that, uh, I hope that was, that satisfies your, uh, your question asking there, Pat. Uh, it was a good little discussion to round out the episode there. Um, but yeah, I tell you what, Kyron, after 100 episodes, I think that's a good way to start off the, the next century for us. The next century. The next century, yeah. Now, honestly, it's 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 a, a, an absolute joy doing this show with you, Kyron, and I, I really do uh, appreciate and have such a ball every week getting to do this and... Um, and just be able to talk video games, and we like. I hope that people out there like us listening to us talk about video games as much as we like doing it. So, thank you, Karen, for. Uh, I'm just glad that you're willing to engage with my ridiculous, just non unending video game talking. Never stops. That's I love why I was it. Like, ah, may as well record it. Like, never stops. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it, no. It, people, it, people like consume TV shows. People consume movies. Yeah. I consume video games, and Absolutely. this industry is just incredible. Yep, uh, and there's so much to talk about there as well, and it, it it always blows me away how 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 knowledgeable you are about the topic as well. So, again, much appreciated to get to hang out with you and talk about this sort of stuff. Thank you for not saying no. <laughs> well, I reckon that's an episode, though, Karen. I think you should. Uh, we, it's time for us to take us home. Okay. Well, a very big thank you this week for, for joining us if you've reached this point of the episode, because yeah, this is the this is the 100th episode, mm. and the first of all, that's a lot of episodes. Oh, yeah. And if you are here, we, we do appreciate it still. If you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email over to contact at dialogueoptions.com, mm-hmm. or alternatively, if you want to sort of check out something new we've cooked up, we have a website now, so you can find that. Over at www.dialogueoptions.com. Uh, again, just sort of the usual bells and whistles for a website there. You can find all our episodes. We've got a little blog about us. We can read read a little t- couple of tidbits about us and uh, see another lovely picture by Sean Kirkpatrick, a very talented artist. Yes, it's um, very cool. Yeah, it is. So cool. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, you can also still find us on the social medias, both Facebook and and Twitter, where we are just dialogue options. Uh, of course, whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, if you want to chuck us a share or a thumbs up or a stars or what, a good review, we do appreciate it. Unfortunately, scrubbles seem like they're impossible, but if you could like, <laughs> maybe if you, if you, if you write a review, just inc- include scrubbles in there. That'll be just as good, honestly. It's, uh, yeah. As for our in, is that what you're going to say? Uh, no, no, yeah, yeah. 
if you can find a way for scrubbles yeah we'd love them love the old scrubble yeah exactly <laughs> uh but apart from that you can find us on our individual accounts as well i'm on twitter at X. and honestly the most recent thing i've done is I actually just retweeted because as we've been recording, Games Done Quick wrapped up for another year, oh. or Summer Games Done Quick. And their final donation tally was, it's going to abbreviate it to a short number, $2.1 million. It was over that, oh, but that's like geez. the closest roundup. So that's a new record for them by the sounds of it, and that's awesome. That's so Games Done Quick awesome. is so good. Yeah, that's great. That's really great. Good event for a good cause. Uh Exactly. Uh, but where can they find you, Joel? Uh, you can find me at Jolly Mac, where the last thing I posted was I put up my, I've been doing one second uh, every day videos. So like I, I take one second of footage every day. And at the end of each month, I collaborate it all together into like a, a it's with an app called One Second Every Day. And it, it like puts it all together as like one like 35 second video. So if you wanted to see like very, very short snippets of how my month, my last month was, um, you can go and check that out. Uh, and also if you want to check out doing like the one second every day, um, it's really, really fun. I really like it. And it's, it's good to look back. I can't wait to get to the end of 12 months and actually look back on like a full year of, of going I have on. the app. I just haven't used it yet. Yeah. It, it, it takes a bit of while getting into like the habit of things. You'll see some days where I'm a bit lazy, where it's just like a screenshot or a picture and not a video. Um, there's a couple Look, of man, days. sometimes nothing like, yeah. not every, like not everyone has something going on every day. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so I make do with what I've got. So usually a lot of cat footage as well. My cats. It's, yeah. But anyway, that's a good content. Yeah, good exactly. Quality content. If you ask the internet. That, yeah, exactly. That's the internet is built on cats. Um, exactly. Excellent. That's all. That's all for me though. With Twitter. All right, Ben. Well, in that case, I will let our, Wow. I normally this is where I would say like Azure Flux will take us out, but yeah. not anymore. Yeah. I've, I've, New music. I've stolen from it. you. Yeah, thank you. The spotlight is all yours. It's, so yeah. I'll let your outro music, Joel, take us out. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't got a title yet. If you can come up with a title for it, let us know. Once you've heard it. I don't know, man. Untitled sounds pretty cool. Untitled. The dialogue Untitled. options theme song. That's that's the official title of it. <laughs> By unknown artist. <laughs> I forget that part. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. Okay. Well, in that case, uh, as always, you can look forward to another episode from us next week. And yeah, if, you, if you've got any thoughts about how we're formatting the show, just, yeah, get in touch with us. An email, there's a website you can go to with like a contact form, Twitter, Facebook, take a pic. Otherwise, we'll catch you guys next week. See ya. Bye. Player one. Player two. Options podcast.